stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Live from DNHQ in beautiful South Pasadena, California, this is the Blue Heaven Podcast. <laughs> Gang, you're now home with Dodgers Nation and Jim Beam. Please drink responsibly. My name is Clint. You can find me as Real FRG on Twitter and Instagram. That is, of course, the real DMAC underscore LA on Twitter and Instagram. Doug, we are here on a Monday on and it Monday. feels like it's like this is gonna be a normal week it feels like it's been a minute I don't know about that. I feel like we're gonna do this show for like 20 minutes all of a sudden it's gonna start raining and they're gonna bring the tarps out we're gonna have delay <laughs> have to do the show like four hours later with all these rain delays right now Clint but yeah hey best thing in the world talking baseball man Mr. Clint is he is happy to be back got the Padres in town we got the postseason around the corner lots to still figure out so I'm excited to talk Dodger baseball my man yeah you know you're talking about the uh, the rain delay and and heads up everybody rain is gonna be one of our downs and three up three down but I am tired of the rain and I've never felt more in my life uh I've never subscribed more in my life to the adage west coast best coast than uh that I have over the last really month, month of Dodger baseball which has been real frustrating but they're home, they're alive, and they're going to take on the Sadres, the Sadres, the Padres, who are out of playoff contention, essentially. I think there's like like the tiniest Whoa. percentage points where they could, but let's just say <laughs> let's just say it's impossible. Yeah, like I already said, three up, three down is going to be on the show. We are going to look ahead to the uh, Dodgers-Padres uh, series a little bit, and uh, let's talk about Mike Trout later because our friend, friend of the show, Bob Nightingale, longtime friend of the show, Threw in a little throwaway blurb saying there's a chance Mike Trout could be traded. So that'll be coming up later on in the show. As I usually tell you right now, we're getting dumb close to getting to 70,000 subscribers. All you got to do to help us get there is if you're watching this and you're not subscribed, go ahead and subscribe because we're giving away a Marcus Lynn MLB Mookie Betts uh, official Nike jersey. We're trying way too hard, but we're giving away a 50. It says 50 in the front, 50 in the back. It's got a bets on there. We're giving it a free, giving away a free jersey when we get to 70,000 subscribers. So do that. It really helps out the channel if you, you hit a thumbs up. No, uh, we got DJ producer Noah on the board. Noah, what are we? What are we trying to get likes for today? Um, sorry, Charlie Tony just got scratched from the lineup. Oh, perfect. So, so we're just getting doing we're, one of those real. We're quick. getting likes for Shohei Otani getting scratched from the lineup. For so. Shohei Otani becoming a Dodger after he All ends right. being his, come on, Shohei. His, his Three hundred likes yeah. on this live stream, and Shohei will guaranteed become a Dodger after the season. But let's uh, let's dive yes, into sir. first the, uh, the the latest news out of Dodger Stadium. Yes, this is the first game back at Dodger Stadium since the the Julio Urias incident. And, of course, things are a little bit different at Dodger Stadium. Um, there are images and other stuff, uh, other things coming out of the ballpark right now from reporters that include the mural. One of the murals, uh, I think, off the right field side was painted over, and there's another large mural. Both of them were celebrating the 2020 World Series Championship, so something we were talking about in one of the recent episodes of one of the big fallouts of this Julio thing from a, like a selfish standpoint as fans is the tarnished legacy of that championship. So we're seeing, we're seeing uh, the, the murals getting covered, getting repainted. And 
Julio no longer has a locker at Dodger Stadium in the clubhouse. So it feels like the right move for the team. Yeah, I mean, this is pretty consistent with what we've seen in the past from this organization. When things go this direction, they pretty much act like they don't know you, right? I mean, they distance themselves very quickly. It's more like Julio than Julio Who? at this point. So, Who? yeah, I mean, this doesn't surprise me at all. I think, like you said, you kind of think of the fond memories as far as what he did on the mound for this team. And you know, like I said in the past, he is that indelible image of the 2020 World Series my theory now is that anytime you start that World Series reel, when you see those highlights, they're probably going to cut right to Clayton Kershaw running out of the bullpen, yeah. looking at the sky. But we'll see how they like to handle this. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there was already no chance he was going to be back in Dodger Blue. But I think as far as how this impacts the team, it almost is symbolic of, okay, it's time to move on. It's time to, hey, roll with what we have right now, kind of galvanize this group and say, okay, we're heading into October. It's going to be all hands on deck, next man up mentality. I think, hey, they still have the horses to make some noise in the postseason. Yeah, so there's that. That's uh, that's done. You you know, I mean, we already knew, now officially, will not be a part of the team uh, for the postseason run, probably never again. Another one we didn't talk about here because it happened just after um, – or the day after we went live, Walker Bueller shut down for the rest of this year. Honestly, it feels to me like a good call. Yeah, it's it's disappointing. You know, I had Walker as kind of my X factor for this postseason. Uh, for this postseason, whatever the role may be, it would have been a starter uh, if he was coming back. But uh, I know you already reacted on uh, on some uh, post game stuff and all that, and I think you put out a video. But just more more thoughts. Like, is it? It feels like it's the right call. Just let it play until 2024. Yeah, it really just sounds like the Dodgers are being extra cautious, right? I think this is the right move, not only for the organization, but for the player. A guy who is one more year of team control before he enters free agency. <laughs> and the reality is, looking forward, after this season, I mean, look at that rotation next year. You're pretty much going to see a rotation fronted, most likely, by Bobby Miller and Walker Buehler. We'll see what happens with Clayton Kershaw. We'll see who they sign the offseason. We're going to talk about Blake Snell a little bit later about as far as who their options are. But I think this made a lot of sense just because I mean, you're talking about someone who's already had two major arm surgeries. Okay, if th things don't go right, it could be his career. It could put his really career could, in jeopardy. Yeah. So I think you look at where the Dodgers are, kind of what I was thinking, though, is one, what does it say about how this team feels about this current nucleus, how they feel about their point. chances of winning the World Series? Because I think if you say, okay, if he comes back, is he the missing piece of the puzzle? We look at the competition out there. Maybe they say, okay, you can come in, give us three, four, five innings if you're efficient. And if you look at the velocity, it was ticking up in the right direction. But at the end of the day, I think that it was good for Bueller to have that aggressive September 1st deadline just because I think you wake up every day, you need something to motivate you, right? And I think that yeah. Bueller took that, and I think he's going to be in a better position to get back out there on the mound in 2024 by having this goal, right? So yeah. I think it's still okay, but look, I think it's the right decision from now. And I think, too, just getting clarity right now, kind of before it was set to be a second rehab start. So we know what we have at this point. There's really not going to be a lot of guys come back. We're not waiting on Tony Gonson like last year, right? Not waiting on Dustin. To me. Yeah. They know Blake what they Trinan. have. Blake Trinan. I mean, I think this point, you're just really trying to get Clayton Kershaw as healthy as he possibly can be. But yeah, Bueller, we'll see in 2024. I think it was a very ambitious, ambitious goal for him to begin yeah. with. When you look at Tommy John surgeries, as far as the rehab taking longer, you're saying go around Tommy John yeah. coming back in month 13. Yeah, 100% was a was a bold goal. In reality, yeah, he could have made that goal. He really could have made a start and made an impact this year. Their big worry, 2024 and beyond. He's still young enough. He's still got years. He's still got contract uh, contracts in front of him. So it is the right call. You played it to next year, and you set him up in a really good spot heading into the offseason. You know what? He checked off all the boxes he needed to check. He got into a rehab uh, outing. His stuff still plays against uh, big league quality-ish hitters that are playing down there at AAA. 
take a little step back. You know, that was one of the things uh, Dustin May mentioned in, you know, coming back last year was really I was never shut down. I was always going because you're rehabbing. So you've been you've been in so many ways or so many words. You've been pitching longer than the team has because you never had that down. You were doing your rehab. You were doing your, your throwing progression. So to get him shut down now, get him a, a regular, mostly regular full off season, And then, you know, over there at Camelback Ranch into, uh, you know, into early uh, February, it's the right move. It's the right call. And for me, I think it, it says a lot about uh, what this team feels about uh, Ryan Pepio's spot in, in yeah, the rotation. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's looked good. Absolutely. I think you get the promising starts from Ryan Pepio and his appearances. He's looked really, really good. The command's been better. The changeup is nastier than ever. And I think he's someone that you want to give this opportunity because I think this year cannot be seen as a failure at this point because you're assessing what you have moving forward. Yeah. What do you have in Ryan Pepio? What do you have in Bobby Miller? And look, just kind of you got your hopes up, right, for – for Walker Buehler, I bought into it. I drank the cherry red Kool-Aid on that one, just talking myself into the possibility. And then I was like, whoa, whoa, like, Doug, bro, like, you're talking about a guy. How do you made the comeback? You're talking about a little over 13 months yeah. on his second Tommy John surgery, thrusting him into that role. It would have been unfair for the player. I think that this is the most sensible move right now. Look, there is a sense of excitement that I have just giving guys like Ryan Pepio and Bobby Miller these opportunities. But I will say, Clint, I mean, I dropped that, uh, that reel in uh, the YouTube video, just kind of laying out the timeline of all the bad luck when this rotation off the field, on the field. I mean, this has been a snake bin organization. Yeah. I'll say it's like a season of Squid Game, right? Someone goes down every single episode, <laughs> and it's unfortunate. But, hey, that luck has to turn around. But I think if the way things were going, maybe you bring Bueller back, you have a big setback. But I have a question for you, though, because we always talk about being fluent in Dave Roberts, right? Being yeah. fluent in this Dodgers organization. They're saying he didn't suffer a setback. My guess is it was very cautionary. I think that probably wasn't a setback per se. Maybe he didn't bounce back as quickly as they yeah, had hoped. It, but it was mentioned kind of a little bit more. The bounce back wasn't as crisp. It wasn't as clear. So when it got to the, that, that Friday morning where this was the day he was going to make his second rehab start, they were just like, look, if, if after one outing, we already have to consider pushing you back a day, this is time to pull the plug. Absolutely. So, so if they not to, set back in the traditional sense, but it's just, yeah, it's it's a cautious setback. Yeah. And you saw my my World Series rotation, right? You got Bobby Miller game one, Pepio game two, Bobby Miller game three, Pepio game four, four game sweep. Hey, we're doing it the old that fashioned. That might be hard, Doug. That, that, might be hard. I mean, that's the way Tommy Maybe did Fernando it. and Oral Hershiser are coming out of the pen. I don't know. Get some something from them. That's a Lasorda way, right? Yeah, there. it's a Lasorda way, man. Until the arms fall off, right? And not the wheels. Go ahead. Go I'll ahead, just get into the comments here. We got Josh Gay who said shutting Bueller down is the right move. Save him for next year. Um, we got Maddie Man five dollars said tired of waiting on guys. So kind of same sentiment. Yeah. Craig Osterberg said butane ran out of lighter fluid. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good Ding. one. Um, and then some people talking about kind of the off season of who the Dodgers should sign, which is going to be a great segment for later. Yeah, we we're, we're talking, talking about some off season stuff, so definitely stay tuned for that. Yeah, there's going to be some pitchers definitely on on the Dodgers' radar. One guy we hope they can sign if his shoulder keeps up. The only other thing we haven't talked about since the last stream, and we'll talk about real quick. Clayton Kershaw is was supposed to start today, getting that start pack, uh, pushed back to Friday. You look at the calendar as well. Like, there's a few ways to look at this. I looked at it the first thing. I looked at was his next start will come Friday in Seattle five or six days after that could conceivably be his final start regular season start at least at Dodger Stadium ever maybe because if he's not feeling good he's been very vocal about the fact that if I don't feel like I can do this I don't want to try I just want to walk away so 
February or February, September uh, 20th or 21st could be the end of Kershaw at Dodger Stadium in the regular season. But uh, the team is maintained. <laughs> all right, all right. He's newer, newer to the buttons. But I appreciate the uh, the effort from DJ producer Noah over there. Um, they don't seem overly concerned about Kershaw, which gives me some concern. What do you, where's uh, where is he at on your uh, Doug concern meter, if you have one? I mean, I dropped uh, a video talking about this, and I think I had it at a seven and a half. I mean, I'm pretty concerned about this because every time you've seen a velocity drop to this extent, it's usually followed by an IL stand. I mean, that was his second lowest miles per hour on average. I think it was 88.3 since 2018 in a game in late back. May. <laughs> yeah. He had the back issue. So you can't afford that this time around because you need to ramp him up to go for the postseason. But yeah, I mean, kind of getting back to your main point, this is, yeah, like I've been saying for a while now, you have to cherish every single time that he toes the slab, every time that he's on the bump, you have to cherish that. Kershaw days are special. They've been special in our lifetime for 16 years now. It's just blown by, gone by so fast. But at the end of the day, this is a made man, like I've said for years, he's already beaten the video game on story mode, just playing the side quest at this point. So (laughs) he has nothing to prove to anyone. I will say selfishly, I want to see him get a farewell tour. I want to give him those roses and have that moment at Dodger State. Stadium. I want to have a little bit of a time to really process this. I mean, I don't want to have it over overnight, but like I was saying, the only thing you need to know about Clayton Kershaw is if he does not feel like he can be a one through three starter, he will not be a role player. He's more of a yeah. Kobe than a Vince Carter. He's someone that needs to be out there competing at the highest level, or he's not going to do it. He's not going to be hanging on for dear life. You're not going to see him, like we said on the other show, you're not going to see the athletics Mike Piazza, right? You're not going <laughs> to see that with Clayton Edward Kershaw. And I think yeah. you made the best point is, yeah, savor this. I'm not trying to fear monger saying he's going to retire anything like, yeah, like that, but... Just- these guys, you got to cherish it, man. It's special. Happen, yeah, you know, if it's gonna happen, that's that's this is these are the dates you need to kind of it's be on the, aware. Hey, based of. on what I've I've heard, I definitely think it's it's on the table. I would say more than you would hope. Yeah. yeah. So. yeah. And he's been very vocal about it too. He's been extremely vocal about it. So his final start could come against the Tigers if it is the twentieth, or at Dodger Stadium, or the Giants, fittingly, at Dodger Stadium on the twenty-first. And then if everything lines up the right way, he could face the Giants again at Oracle Park, which would be a nice button-up in a way. One thing, though, Clayton Kershaw would not want a farewell He would tour. not, and that's yeah. a great point. That's what not are, who he is. I'm sure I've uh, really upset some folks in the stream about that, unless we are um, in the spirit of reality. Yeah, no, people are kind of in the same thought. Um, one thing I was going to say is, you know, with the Kershaw potentially being over, I mean, they did bring his, his best friend throw out the first pitch the other day i mean that's like you know i mean that's like his best friend of all time you, wait you're trying to tell me that matthew stafford they uh, quarterback of the, the of LA. the world series world champion rams world champion rams of the world you know little the known NFL. fact little known very fact. little known. friends of all time and all eternity hey we wow. might need matthew stafford yeah. out of that no, bullpen it's, it's pretty saying. it's pretty crazy yeah, you know it's thinking crazy. too about him speaking of matthew stafford not at all though we got ourselves a Let's go, Dodgers. We got a super chat from Mr. Jose Ayala Ayala. His first super chat. So, Jose, thank you very much for supporting thank you. the thank you channel. So he said, love this show, guys. Thanks. And then a question here. You guys think the rookies will handle the pressure during playoffs? Honestly, I am a little worried. We are going to talk about that uh, a, a bit coming up right now in this next segment i will say i mean we know the big the big rookie is going to be uh bobby miller he's going to get the most runway he's could at this point in time be the game one starter um 
And it's somewhat mixed. It is somewhat mixed because you saw what he did against the Braves, and he understood that situation. Uh, the, you know, the team was on a losing streak. They did not want to get swept, and he stepped up and handled the situation. But then you flash forward to his next start, and you know, admittedly, the team tried to push him a little bit going into the seventh, but he did let some some emotes get to him. So we'll talk about that a little bit. I do want your thoughts on that in a sec. But the other guy, Ryan Pepio, I think. He has, you know, he wears Sunday swagger, but he also has that swagger to him. Like he is, he feels like a big leaguer uh, to me this season. He won that fifth starter role. Sure, he didn't get uh, a chance to pitch in it until much, much later in the season. But he's a dude who feels like he belongs. He 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 has a, a, a presence to him on the mound, and he looks to me like somebody who um, he looks like a big leaguer. He 100 looks like a bigger a big leaguer right now. What do you think? Absolutely. I mean, look at the numbers, 0.86 ERA. He's done nothing but have success and take advantage of this opportunity. I think his mindset as well, he's a little bit more mature, right? I think he can handle this, especially his experience last year. And I think the key for Ryan Pepe was the fact that the stuff is just good. I think one of the mm -hmm. big trade-offs here, as far as the experience, Ooh. it's do you go with the experience, right? I mean, you had guys like Clayton Kershaw, who hopefully will be a, still be a part of this rotation. Hopefully his last start is in the World Series, right? But you got Julio Urias, he's gone. Lance Lynn, I think he's on thin ice right now the big trade-off though is you got experience with guys who throw 92 or you have not a lot of experience but guys do 95 95 96 97 98 right guys that have higher velocity so i think that is the big difference there and i think that's why i said in the last show i'm gonna roll with the rookies because of how well they are as far as the experience going will they handle that look pressure it builds diamonds right and we need to see if these guys can handle that pressure and even if they can't at the very least you're giving them valuable experience so i think the good thing too is you're pitching for the los angeles dodgers let's say you were on the marlins or the pirates or and then you get into the postseason you don't know what it's like hey every game at dodger stadium is 40 50 000. so yeah. you know it's a pressure cooker environment to begin with and i think these guys the way they're developed there's so much they just trust the process, right? They're very process-oriented. So I think really it's kind of the next pitch, next out mentality with this team. And I think that these guys, their mental makeup, they can handle it. Hey, every little kid's dream is to either pitch at Dodger Stadium or is to be the, the starting short shortstop for the Los Angeles Dodgers. I've Shout been dreaming about that. Shout out to G-Lux, man. Listen. Come on the show, my man. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Guess what, guys? We got Super So we got. Not I'll one. Or on I'm like LeBron right Let now. Not yeah. one. Not, not two. two. Not three. No, it's three. We got three. Super hey! Hey! Three super, super duper. All right. Super duper first one we got. Love you all. Love you all. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go in reverse order here. So the first one's gonna have a quick answer. Um, Danktacular cheesehead. <laughs> one ninety nine. Very quick answer. What is going on with Daniel Hudson? I mean, he's not optimistic, man. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. I mean, there was some optimism, and he said he's trying to keep the arm as warm as he possibly yeah. could, but it's really still the lower body. I think that, yeah, there's it's not going to happen. I mean, the Padres making the World Series. I'd probably bet on that before Daniel Hudson this year. And it's unfortunate because this is someone who has dealt with injuries for his entire career. This time, it's a lower body injury. So it's 
unlikely at this point. I think that they're trying. It's almost similar to the Walker Buehler, and they're like, "Yeah, go try your best, this and that." But I think the reality is they know that he's a long shot to return this season. And Doc said that a couple days ago. All right, number two, Coast to Coast three sixty said one ninety nine said originally from Oxnard, but now reside in Portland. Shout out P-town. Coast to Coast for Let's residing go. in Portland, that- da- Damian Lillard. That that's you know big big trade coming. Yeah, I want them to get a baseball team in Portland. I always yeah. say their team name should be the Birkenstocks, the to the White Sox. Okay, you know it's not really. Co- I mean, that's that. It's the same coast. That's true. Same coast. One more super chat. This West one's so coast. big. I'm gonna hit this one more time. Let's go. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you very much. There we go, Victor Banios. Fifty dollars. Fifty. Bu- Thank you so much. Unbelievable. Victor said. If the worst scenario happen and don't have Kershaw in the postseason, Miller, Pepio, and Lynn, but with a short Ooh. leash, with all the bullpen ready. So that he's kind of laying out the worst case scenario of yeah. Kershaw not being able to play, and that means it's Bobby Miller, Ryan, Pepio, Lance, Lynn, and then a short leash on all of them, and the bullpen has to stay ready. I mean, what do you guys think about that worst I case scenario? Stone plays a role, right? Yeah. Yarbrough's all of a Maybe sudden. Michael Grove plays a role. I would, honestly, I think it should be surprised. I think they're gonna we're gonna see how it plays out over the last few weeks. But maybe a Nick Frosso. I mean, someone like that. I do think yeah. that you saw what they did with Emmett Sheehan. You saw what they oh, yeah, did Emmett. with some of these younger guys. They are very excited about the possibility of these guys. And it does feel like house money to the point when you look at expectations being lowered, yeah. especially after. Julio Urias. So I think when you consider that too, I think they're going to just go for it. And I think that, hey, Nick Frosso, Kyle Hurt. I mean, I won't say Kyle Hurt, but he's improved a lot this year. But yeah. I would not be surprised to see when you see that postseason roster say, okay, really? Because you look at those lefties, I mean, especially out of the pen, Vigon and Vezia and Ferguson. I mean, those guys haven't really gained a lot of trust this year. So I think they're going to try to get the best arms with the stuff that's going to play up. But Yancey's going to be at back. Joe Kelly's going to be back. So really, I think they're going to have some opportunities. It's just really looking at the starting rotation, how it's going to lay out. Because you're not going to see guys go six, seven innings going third or fourth time through the order, anything like that. So I think it's really, like I said, it's going to be about like a tag team in wrestling. Just tag the next guy in and try yeah. to get those 27 but outs behind a high-powered does offense. Does that help you? get all the way through 11 wins or whatever yeah, it's supposed to be now. Is it 11 still? Like? Yeah, it's 3 4 4. Yeah. Okay. You got to get high. I mean, you got to ride changed when the the World Series was harder to win in 2020, everything yeah. changed. Yeah. yeah. Well, also goes. the wild card is now best 2 or 3, so it changes how much a wild card would win. But Dodgers in the NLDS won't have to worry yes, about sir. that. Um really quickly before we move on here. It's right on topic. Lori O, thank you very much. Lori O, super chat on topic. That's why we're reading it right now. $4.99. Lori said, we roll with the rookies. Give them the ball. Bobby Ice would never pull a George Kirby. That's topical. That's topical. For those who don't know, George Kirby had this little incident about... Not wanting to stay in the yeah. game, it was, it was a whole thing. It was it was kind of it was kind of where yeah you're a you're a youth yeah yeah you know you people think uh, you're uh, you deserve things. I think he Do ended you? up backtracking on it anyway. Yeah, oh well, then, he was like, no, oh no. my skipper he always got, has to take the ball out of my hands. He got talked to. Yeah, he got he got yeah. a talking to. Yeah, not only and Scott Service did not wasn't the guy doing most of that. Whatever veterans are in that clubhouse, yeah. the and most veteran under a Robbie Ray. Bus. Yeah, so Robbie Ray. Injured I was. I mean, I'm not surprised uh, at the the thinking of the old school baseball player, but I am kind of surprised at how vocal all of these old men on Twitter chose. Yeah, to I saw be. Jared Weaver. Jared Weaver going <laughs> off. Houston Street going off there today. I mean, there's a bunch of Roger Clemens. I mean, yeah. people sounded off in uh, on this uh, on this George Kirby situation. <laughs> Look, the kid messed up. 
You know, you're not allowed to have opinions when you're young yeah. in baseball. It's a very, a very, what do they call it? Uh, you know, it's set in its way kind of sport. So yeah, it felt like one of those ones, especially like you said, it felt like he had gone to talking to. It was almost one of those like, hey, blink twice if you're in danger yeah, yeah. type things. Are you going to be okay? Because gun yeah, his, gun in his back is like, I, I did, I want to pitch whenever <laughs> they want to let me pitch. I am happy. Yeah. You the know? skipper needs to take this ball out of my hand. Yeah, skip gotta just yeah. rip that thing out, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely one of those. Uh, great, great comment, Lorio. Thank you. Thank you, Lorio. Three up, three down. Let's go. We're gonna make this quick because usually we have a way of uh, Doug and I have a way. You should mute that when you take those off next time. Uh, <laughs> we we have a way of talking a lot through three up, three down. So let's make it quick. Um, and it's also gonna be a little bit of a cheater round of three up, three down because we got a trio we got to talk about at the top uh, of the ups. Three guys are doing uh, pretty. Well, we could honestly say four because I do want to throw James Altman in into the mix because Jimmy O has been uh, has been phenomenal. He has really uh, reinvented himself. Kind of, I think I heard it on one of the the, the you know the Sports in LA um, post game shows or somebody mentioned it. Uh, sacrificed the power a little bit to to get more on base, and I mean that that at bat he had on, on Friday night to you know work a very very clutch walk that honestly I wish he would not have worked or it was a Saturday game because that day was already so long with a four hour ten minute rain delay to start the game and all that just let them lose in nine and everybody go home happy and early but um, putting together some incredible ABs and uh, some really, really good defense. But also you got to give some love to record-setting Freddie Freeman hits 53 doubles now at 54 as of the time we are live. Uh, I think the Dodgers won the offseason in 2022. I'm just saying, or 21-22. But quickly also, CT3 kind of coming on hot. Miguel Rojas all of a sudden getting some hits using Kike's bat that was sacrificed on Sunday. But... Talk through, give me, spit on those uh, four guys a little bit, which is very weird way to, to phrase that. <laughs> you know, James Alvin, he's still James out him, like we've been calling him. And I, mean, I think that when I look at James Alvin, the success that he's had, you mentioned it, it's one, that big adjustment when he was going through hard times, shorting up his stroke, not going for the slug, and the slug will come natural. We've seen that during this stretch, but I also which is think, what you too, need to, to want the dub. Exactly, right? And I think for James Outman, he's so if, if he was on a team that you had just had rookies, right? A really young team, a young roster, I don't think he has as much success. I think he's leaned on a Jason Hayward, a Mookie Betts. I've seen Mookie pull him to the side after BP sessions and go over stuff. It's not for show, right? It's not on TV. I mean, these yeah. these rookies have really taken him under their wing. And I think Dave Roberts has given him a lot of confidence. So he's been fantastic. Chris Taylor, I want to say. Saw some of you guys saying, yeah, you're the guy who called him Swing and Miss Chris. Guess what? He is still Swing and Miss Chris, but he's okay with that. I want to live with that. I love the ups and downs of Chris Taylor as long as we're seeing the power. And that has been the difference is you're seeing harder contact and more power. And he's getting hot at the right time. During their road trip, he had 333, but four extra base hits, two home runs, two doubles, a 211 way runs created plus that led the Dodgers. So he's getting hot at the right time. And then Miguel Rojas, another guy had a really nice road trip as well. But Freddie Freeman, what more can you say about this guy? He has been absolutely perfect for the Dodgers. He's been everything that they had hoped he would be times two times three. He's yeah. been that good. And if you look at the record that he's on, Three doubles in three straight games. He breaks Johnny Frederick's record for the Dodgers for most doubles in a season. Frederick hit to, uh, 53, 52 doubles back in 1929. So that record was a 93-year-old record. So basically, more of the story is if you got Frederick in your name, you're probably going to hit a lot of doubles for the Dodgers. Yeah. But you're talking about someone 54 doubles, 
25 home runs, two triples. That's 81 extra base hits. It's the ninth season in Dodgers history with 80 plus extra base hits. And the record for the Los Angeles Dodgers is 84. And that's shared by Sean Green and Cody Bellinger. So, hey, you look at the Brooklyn franchise, Babe, Rube, Babe Herman hit 94 back in 1930. So, Freddie Freeman right now is on pace for 93. So, mm -hmm. we're talking about someone who could set the all time record for the entire Dodgers organization for most extra base hits in a season. If he does that, I'm doing two shoeys on this show because that's how impressive it would be. And he's going to be the first guy since Charlie Garinger to hit 60 doubles in a season. So yeah. he's someone that's breaking records. It's a truly historic season for Freddie Freeman. And one thing you can tell all those Braves fans out there, if they ever want to come at you saying, oh, he wanted to be a Brave, Matt Olson, this and that, the Dodgers are getting the best version of Freddie Freeman. This is peak Freddie Freeman, and we're not talking about a guy who's in his 20s. He's in his early 30s, and yeah, this signing has been fantastic, and that's why you can't squander it. And that's why I think there has to be such a sense of urgency when it comes to building this roster to win now to take advantage of this peak. Not much more I could add to it other than you have on base, you have run production, you have a veteran leader, uh, you have the best first baseman in, in the game by far and a top five baseball human uh, in the sport today. Pretty free event. Hell of a scene, a hell of a signing and a really good signing too. Yeah, he's older. It's got somewhat high AAV, but he is uh, he's a real good uh, baseball sportsman. Um, <laughs> you got to give some love too as another up, which will be our, our, our I'm going to I'll just cheat a little bit here and say it's our third and final up, because if I throw four guys into one up, that's fair. So we'll split those ones into two. Got to talk about Ryan Yarbrough, who might who kind of has been the best trade deadline acquisition for this team because he's just whatever role he's been put in. He's produced. He, you know, he goes and has a kid, but he's like, I know you guys need me. I'll stick around and start and had a pretty nice game. I, I nice start his first start uh, as a Dodger. Um, I know you, you would call him potentially the most important deadline acquisition for this team. And it, he's gotten more important since uh, more of the rotation started falling out again, falling apart with the area situation with Kershaw. You don't know where his shoulder is at. What do you think the postseason role is? And just, you know, give us some, uh, some Yarbrough love. Yeah. I think you said it best as far as him being the most important trade deadline acquisition, because I think one, he's going to have a big impact on this team in the postseason because of his versatility. I think with Lance Lynn, if he starts a game, maybe in a seven game series when the Dodgers are already on top, that does make some sense. But in a shorter series, we need to go out and get three, four innings from a Yarbrough. I think it makes a ton of sense. And you look at what he's been able to accomplish so far. I think he's a very interesting. I, I enjoy watching this guy pitch, man. I love how he makes hitters just feel so uncomfortable with that deceptive delivery. And really on paper, he's not someone you that just screams postseason dominant reliever, postseason dominant ace, but he's someone that's deceptive. He misses barrels. He gets an impressive amount of chase. He can work up in the zone, likes to stay down in the zone. So yeah, I've enjoyed seeing him in Dodger Blue. And I think that he's just on board with any role they have. He has... Nothing that tells me, okay, I have an issue being a starter or reliever. No, he just wants to help this team any way he can. I think that he's going to be big, especially late in the NLDS, possibly late in the NLCS if they get that far, as far as some piggyback starts if some of these younger guys aren't able to go deep in those games. Yeah, and if they get to a point where something else happens, you all of a sudden you have a Gavin, uh, not a Gavin, a uh, um, uh, Michael Grove starting. That's a, that's an immediate pickleback. Uh, pickle uh, <laughs> it's like a uh, cool band. Pickleback. Look at his power. That yeah. That that very quickly becomes a, a real you know game four sort of option right there for the Dodgers. So 
don't uh, don't sleep on that dude when it comes to the postseason. Uh, getting into a couple of the comments here, I don't know here. if you got anything. But really quickly, I'm. Um, just got some news from Dave Roberts that Kershaw starts pushback again oh. to Saturday instead of Friday. According to Jack Harris of the LA Times, Roberts maintained it wasn't injury health related, but rather so they could line up Kershaw's pitching schedule for the rest of the regular season. So, Which is what he said yesterday. So, yeah, about say. so instead of Friday, it's Saturday. So, um, so his shoulder's falling apart, and he's probably just got <laughs> like another injection in his shoulder. Yeah. That's, that's me reading Dave. Yeah, and then just all the quick news from Dodger Insider. The target date for Joe Kelly's return is Wednesday. So Kelly should be back. Massive, That's massive it. news. Series finale Need against Joe the, Kelly the Padres. Back. I'm sorry, just wanted to throw those quick uh, tidbits in there. Maybe. That's that's the news with Noah. That's, that's get to Noah the news. Get to There's Noah, Noah news. Yeah. In the, in the, in in the, the Noah, zone. we'll be in the Noah in a, or whatever. All right. Heck yeah. <laughs> Next segment. <laughs> uh, what else we got? We got a few of the comments here. I wanted yeah, to got... get through because I, I like saw this one. Go says, ahead. When a curse for closer doesn't really have closer stuff, and we saw in 2019, I ever want to see him come out of a bullpen a no ever me, again. Dog. Okay, no people ask me, me what dog. was the scariest move I've ever seen, and I'm saying it's Kershaw coming out of the pen there in October. I see someone saying about uh, Yarbrough is under, uh, it has another year of control too. Hepatitis C later, yeah, that's a great point too. He's someone that is gonna have a role moving forward. We got uh, a lot of people talking about Colton Wong too. Yeah, Colton Wong definitely winnowing over Dodgers fans, homering there in that first. He only has uh, two hits and. They've been pretty important. They have been. I mean, you saw we did Saturday night. You saw in his first AB in Dodger Blue, and he's someone. He's got pop. He also has experience. So yeah, he's someone who at the end, his goal right now should be let's make them make a difficult decision, right? Let's make them have yeah. a conversation. I think you got to look at the name on the back and the fact he has had success in this league. To me, that kind of stuff plays up. Two time Gold Glove award winner. That in somewhere late in the game if you need. Yeah, and his Maybe. season removed. Can he play third base? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, can he play third base? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> stump, I got, you stumped Doug. I got, no, I, I mean. got one he, in there. You stumped Doug. He, I mean, like, I think that you have to factor in Muncie's bad versus JD's. I mean. No, I'm talking about more of like a. Defensive a replacement. Later, yeah, yeah, I mean, look, I think all every, I think for Colton Wong, I think they're going to want to see him produce at the plate consistently. And we'll yeah. kind of go from there. But, yeah, he's just a season removed from a 116 way runs created plus season. So, yeah, it's good to see him having success in. The Dodgers' eye for talent, it really knows no bounds. That it does not. Find a free player on the the open market, and they're going to go out and get him. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Let's talk quickly about down. We got three up, and then there's now there's three down. That's kind of how it works. So I'm calling this Bob Emotion. So Bobby uh, Miller has a way of maybe still letting the emotions get to him a little bit. You know, again, he had the big start, the good start against the Braves. Uh, but this last one kind of saw... Um, he walked the guy, and you, you, know, you saw him get a little uh, in his head. I wouldn't say, you know, you saw him whip a hundred and one nasty fastball, yanked it, and and uh, you know walked. Uh, I think it was Vargas or whatever. But is that? Uh, I guess the the way to ask the question is: Is Bobby Miller too emotional for October? If I had to pick between one or the other, give me the guy who's emotional. Give me the guy that pitches with an edge that has that fire. Now, I heard 
Eric Karros out there, and he was kind of talking him up for not backing down to Vargas. Just what? Over back to him, right? And kind of gets in that back and forth. I think for him, though, it's really more about just getting to the next pitch. My favorite pitcher going up had to been Greg Maddox, right? And what did Greg Maddox say? Make good pitches, not perfect pitches. And I think that's important for not just Bobby Miller, but all these young pitchers. But I think if you're Bobby Miller, you just want to go out there and continue to evolve. And I think for him, failing right now in early September against the Nationals, I think is better than having a good start where you're going – seven, eight, nine innings and shoving the whole entire time. I think yeah. for him, failure is something really that looks point. like can drive a player like a Bobby Miller, a guy that needs to have a frontline starter ace his mentality. We're not talking about a guy that wants to be a number two starter, a number three starter. We're talking about a guy that wants to be the ace of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Okay, those are big shoes to fill. That's like being the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys or something like that, right? That's a massive, massive role. And I think or for the him, LA Rams. Or the LA Rams, Matthew Stafford in the, in the mix. But how about this, That's though? That's true. I think, too, something that I liked what he said after the game, he says that was an unacceptable pitch. I mean, you look at the pitch to Lane Thomas. It was a slider, cement mixer just hung in the zone. But how about this? It was the fourth time around the order, right? Fourth time around the order, first the first time, time that he had ever yeah. done that in his career. And I think you got to consider the fact that you will not be seeing that in the postseason. You might not even see him go three times around yes. the order in the postseason. So I think it's very important to remember that. But I will say, I credit this Dodgers organization, Dave Roberts and the powers that be. It's not a Dave Roberts only thing. It's a very collaborative effort between everyone that's involved. I think what they've done is they've allowed him to develop by giving him a longer leash, by letting him go deeper into games and look the reality is he's someone that just needs to that's sometimes that's the last thing right he has the stuff he knows that his stuff plays up at this level he knows that he can have success at this level for him it's just one more little box to check off is that maturity and once he checks that box off because that's been the knock i mean talk to people at the minor league level if there's one knock on bobby miller it's okay if things unravel with him the wheels can fall off pretty quickly so i think what he needs to do he needs to win w-i-n and that's what's important now focus on the next pitch what's important now and just attack hitters forget the walks if you hit a guy like you hit thomas you forget that you move on to the next pitch the next hitter and i think he's gonna have a lot of success uh i like this uh this comment here johnny owen says guys have you ever played without emotions yeah i mean i've never been Probably. really a garrett anderson type Clint, when i was in little league literally uh, strikeout cry, line out cry, foul ball cry. I cried like t 20 times for every Little League game. I mean, even like softball a couple years ago. I mean, I, I, I have played with a lot of emotion. I think it's yeah. an emotional you game. Play, you, play, you play violent, from what I understand. You know, like Noah's still hurting. Yeah, from guys, office basketball. You, you don't want to play basketball against Doug. Yeah. It, is, it is scary. Yeah, he's he's weight literally weight like Shaq in his prime. Big Diesel, like except for w without without like the 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 skills, but just and, with all and the, the bad dominance. free throw shooting. And the bad, bad free throw shooting, shooting does yeah. does add up. The so. comps keep they keep adding up. Honestly, the hey, this is there. the best screener in the history of sports. That's right here. facts. Yeah, actually, are, that's Stephen Adams right there, baby. That is facts. Speaking this. of Stephen Adams, <laughs> I'm excited about this. This has I, nothing to do with Steven I Adams. Love the, I love the segues in that yeah. they have nothing to do with anything. Well, that's what we do here. Yes, 818 LA Riker, Steve May, $2 Super Chat. Thank you. Sweep the Padres. He said leg. Sweep I'm the leg. Guessing he didn't know if he meant sweep the Padres leg or. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Sweep, sweep the, the Padres leg. leg. Yeah. Sweep the Padres leg. That's yeah, so that's from you, LA Chief. Riker, Steve May. Thank you very much for the Super Chat. And I agree. Let's, let's sweep, the, sweep the Padres leg. This this week, yes. you're darn tootin'. Second to last homestand, very short homestand, uh, but it's second to last homestand of the 2023 baseball season. 
Uh, quickly, what's your concern level for Mookie Betts and that uh, that foot injury? I'll give it a five, a five. But I think the most important thing right now is you find some balance in having him continue to have his rhythm heading into the postseason while making sure that foot's okay. If you talk to anyone that's had a bone bruise, they are painful. He didn't look like himself out there. He goes 0 for 4. So, yeah, I mean, I think the big takeaway is has this completely derailed his MVP season, which, you know, where I sit, I think that he's more valuable because he's been a better offensive player overall. But I think from a narrative point, this pretty much gets him out of it, right? I mean, those games miss. I mean, what will they do with him down the stretch? But, yeah, I think you want him to be heading into the postseason just a 100% healthy considering the year he's he's having. And I think all these guys, you handle with care. You wrap in bubble wrap if you need to because there's nothing to play for. This is the, like I said, go running away with this division like secretary at the Belmont Stakes. There's no one even close to them. They're just cruising 13 games or so, whatever it is today. So I think there's nothing to play for other than just maintaining your rhythm. So if it's at all an issue, you sit them. I agree. Also, my updated MVP, National League MVP, it's going to be Acuna, Mookie, Freddie, and then uh, Matt Olson. That's, a, that's what I got. You said his name right this time. I did. It's, I not, think, it's not Mark Olson. I had to think about it. No, my friends at uh, Facts, MLB on Facts, it's Mark Olson. The final thing that's no a love down. love Barnes? He's <laughs> playing a character. I've got to find something here. <laughs> yeah, you could also always throw him in. He doesn't mean that he's... He thinks it's so not funny. That's why he's, he's being hilarious. Mean. The Austin Barnes one got me. The <laughs> final, the me. final down is. I guess it's not really a down because the way I worded it, it's an up. It's no more rain. There, there will be no more rain delays. Knock on desk for the rest of at least the regular season. And I, I think whatever deity you pray to, I thank them for uh, no more rain delays because my God, I am I mean, sick of waiting around to watch baseball. I had to turn on. The football on Sunday. Doug, and I Doug, didn't did you even watch, watch football? it. <laughs> Doug, did you watch football? That's not some big skin. But you yeah. know, ever since ever since my birds won uh Super Bowl fifty, I just You're could good? not care any less. Like I I'm done. You, I mean, you already got what you needed. Yeah, honestly. I got As a I fan, needed. I just want one Super Bowl, and then I'm good. Yeah. Oh, a lot of maybe, other things maybe to look in for. A lifetime. Yeah, I'm that open. rain delay was. That rain was crazy. I mean, everyone thinks you know, is, is Dodgers Padres a rivalry? Dodgers Giants, Dodgers Cardinals. The biggest rivalry is Dodgers rain delay. I mean, the rain just continues to fall. Then I mean, feels like there's been more rain delays in the last two weeks than for us the entire Dodger Stadium existence. Right? I mean, it's just it's absolutely insane. You know, this is gonna be trouble with fun you. with this button. This is gonna be trouble with you here because oh, he's just gonna try to like. I'm having fun with these buttons. Do we have, you know, how can we have the Noah cam? Where's the Noah cam? Because uh, we gotta fix it. We gotta fix. Okay. We gotta fix things. Yeah, yeah. I derailed oh, it. I love these. You know, let's talk about football and rain and sports. It makes me wonder if there's any sort of way we could like maybe make oh, money shoot. on things and do betting on things. Is there anything about that, Noah? Yeah, let's, 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 let's try this button right here. Last week, I told you guys about the Mojo Fantasy app that turns sportsbook betting into fun fantasy contests. Now, for if you want to hear how you guys are doing, how your portfolios are looking, and remind you guys to download the Mojo Fantasy app on the Apple App Store using code DN2023, that would give you 100% deposit match up to $100 for your first time deposit. The link is in the description below. We're going to be having a huge prize pool game next week, so we highly recommend you getting familiar with the app as best as you can. So you can make some serious money playing against tons of other DN fans. The Mojo Fantasy app takes sports betting and gives it a much newer and easier look. So make sure to get it now and start building your portfolios. As a reminder, the code is DN2023. 
and that'll give you 100% deposit match up to $100 for your first time order. See you in the Mojo Fantasy app. Go download your Mojo Fantasy app. It's on your uh, your Apple Store. Is it on Android? It's got to be on the Android, right? Do you know anything about that? I don't personally know, but in their thing, it just said Apple App Store, so I was running with well, that. You're running from but I will look into it. Either way, we'll look, look into, into that. It. But uh, this later this week, we're hoping we can uh, we can integrate some sort of game within the show with the uh, Mojo Mojo Fantasy app. Yeah. So download it, please. Get used to it. If you download it and you use that code DN2023, then they'll know that you came because of us. You went and downloaded their app because of us, and then that will help us in the long run as well because that's how these things work. But it's also just a cool app, you know, make the it's games, fun. make your sports ball games matches yeah. even a it, little more better. It makes sports betting a little easier. Um, it's fun. You kind of it's kind of like stocks. You get to, like, build your own portfolio. So if you like stonks and if you like sports and if you like making money, that is everything you need. Again, code DN2023. And speaking of money, this one works. All right, my first good transition of the day. <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah. Swelling sausage, one ninety nine. How about we forget about Otani and get Soto? Any thoughts? Doesn't really feel need, but bad fielding left hand, uh, left fielder that can hit and walk and walk. I think I'd still take Otani. I mean, I mean, they're both going to be worth a butt ton of money. I mean, Soto's much younger. So you, he, he is much have, younger. He does have that. Um, but he got some base. Just doesn't feel like a Dodger to me anymore. Like yeah. last year, yeah, he got tainted. I think he got tainted by the Padres. Future Dodger. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, Clint. <laughs> he doesn't feel like a Dodger. When it comes to their needs, I mean, what does he truly address? He's elite hitter. There's nothing that that's going to change him. Mean, he's great. He's going to have success and produce wherever he goes. But also, let's let's mention the elephant in the room, and that's Scott Boris. Okay, you really think that you're going to do a $400 million deal with the Scott Boris? That's not going to happen. I don't think that the Dodgers want to invest that much money in a player unless they feel like he can move the needle like a Shohei Otani. I don't think they feel that. I feel like they already have a Freddie Freeman. They already have a elite hitter. They already have a Mookie Betts. Those are stars that they have on their roster. I think for them, you'd probably look at the on the margins adding pitching at that point. So I just don't see that as a natural fit. One thing I will, just to give Swelling Sausage aside, he added, um, um, oh, I just had it. He said... He said, okay, guys, I have. Soto probably would be a better investment because he's younger. That's, yeah, that's what fair. he said. That's what he said. And he doesn't have a torn elbow. He said he can DH also, you know, because, you know, if oh, you don't sorry. want him to feel, they do have the DH. They don't have I Otani. Would take, I would take would Juan Soto spot. over J.D. Martinez next yeah, year. Yeah, so, I mean, sure. there is. But also to pay someone that much money to only be a DH it's, uh, would not be ideal. Yeah. So it kind of goes both ways. Um, so. But then you're talking about a year ahead, though. I mean, you're talking about that's next year. Well, that's year's 2024. 2024. Well, unless they were to trade for him, but I don't see the Padres trade into the Dodgers. That won't happen. So. I don't think that will. Speaking of Padres, let us move on. Uh, you know what we did? I've been doing this a minute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we did that thing again where we uh, do three up, three down. It takes a lot of show. But it was a good time. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. But... Uh, we got to talk about this uh, Padres Dodgers series. It is the final one of the year because the Padres are, I'm pretty sure, a hundred thousand percent mathematically eliminated from postseason. Uh, essentially, it's like one percent, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Less. I'm pretty sure it's like less much than. less than one percent. But they're out. So this series doesn't mean anything at all. Um, you know, you're looking at the calendar before the season. You're like, especially with the new calendar and, and the way they play all teams and you don't face the same team 19 times anymore. Like you figured you circled this. You figured this was going to be 
pretty huge for for both clubs most likely did not prove to be very huge for the Padres the only thing they probably have going is I would not be surprised if this is Manny Machado's final season or final series active before shutting it down for the year because he's got elbow issues but he's only DHing that that has been a team um in in disarray they have still really good pitching but um what are your thoughts on on this series as you as we see the Padres for the final time in, in uh, 2023. Yeah, it's, to me, it's just another reminder that, hey, this is a very successful franchise in the Los Angeles Dodgers, one that sustains winning, one that has the is going to win the division 10 in the last 11 years. The one year they didn't win the division, it was because they lost by one game to a 107-win Giants team. So I think the Dodgers, they have the rubric. They have the formula for having all that success. The Padres, they were all in. Now they're going to be all out of the postseason. They're not going to make it. And I think if you're this team out there, it feels like A.J. Preller thinks that he knows how to build a roster, but he really does it by flashy names, brand names, guys that yeah. win headlines. But guess what? You can't get a trophy for winning the offseason. You can't get a trophy for winning the trade deadline. The Dodgers, on the other hand, they understand that it's about investing in your in your foundation, in your farm system, in developing these guys. And I think the Padres, they're learning the hard way that you can't build a World Series contender overnight. To me, Preller's like a gambler who's just lost everything, all the money, the house, the wife and kids. And then he proudly announces he's quit gambling, right? So I think at this point, if you're A.J. Preller, you look at this Dodgers team, they're jealous. They wish they were the Dodgers, but they can't be. So yeah, for me, for me, I gain an appreciation for this organization, knowing that, hey, every single expert out there, Padres this, Padres that, it was the trendy pick they were must see tv i think you look at fernando tati jr he's had a really solid year but the rest of those guys i mean manny machado has been one of the biggest disappointments in baseball i mean you look at the season he had last year compared to this year guy who just signed an 11 year 350 million dollar contract he's been a disappointment jay cronenworth disappointment joe musgrove disappointment every Darvish. extension that they signed it's it's already looking very bad for it that really is i mean it, it's just Look, they thought that you're building... They thought they were the Braves, except they weren't good players like the Braves, right? I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, that Braves team kind of knows what they're doing. But uh, yeah, I do think, though, what I'm looking for for this series, I think I'm really focused on that Wednesday start because you got Blake Snell, you got Ryan Pepio. And I think Ryan Pepio is someone who this is going to be a big, a, a tough test for him, a good test going up a against this Padres lineup at home, continuing to build yeah. on that momentum. And also from a little bit of a scouting, a future Dodger perspective, the Dodgers could be in the need of some starting pitching this offseason. Blake Snell, of course, you have the connection with Andrew Friedman when they drafted him 52nd overall back in 2011 yeah. out of Shore Wood High School in Washington. Could he be a future Dodger? I mean, he's pretty nasty. I mean, there are some pros and cons, but what are your thoughts on a Blake Snell? Snellzilla in L.A. Hey, you're likely 2023 NL Cy Young Award winner, Blake Snell. If you can go out and get somebody of that caliber uh, from recent reporting on uh, the Padres and their situation with Snell, it doesn't seem like a reunion is going to be in the mix. He's going to be some look searching somewhere in the 200 million dollar uh, range on the open market this year and guess what the dodgers aren't going to be spending that kind of money on julio arias anymore you need somebody you need a veteran in that uh starting rotation blake snell has bit long been a, a a fun character to watch pitch he can still get it done clearly with the best of them two-time cy young award winner uh in baseball coming up I mean, when he wins this year Hell yes, you go in on trying to add. You don't go all in, 
but uh, I'm n- I'm not opposed to adding somebody of the ilk of uh, a Blake Snell. Um, and there's not really that many pitchers out there that are going to be exceptionally better than Blake Snell. He, by you know, for all intents and purposes, is going to be the number one pitcher available on the market, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you bring up some fantastic points in that it's not a robust market of starting pitchers with that sh- will be available. Especially with Shohei Hurt. Yeah, Shohei with Hurt, Otani Hurt, that's yeah. a big thing. But yeah, Flaherty at Montgomery, Sonny Gray, Lucas Giolito. And no one Sonny wants Gray that. Gray might retire, apparently. Yeah, that's the word the on the street, is that that's a possibility. Yoshinobu Yamamoto is a very interesting name. Of course, you'd love to see a Japanese pitcher with the yeah, Los with Angeles the, with Dodgers. The posting with and the all posting. that, it becomes a thing. They're hey, going to get creative, though. I think they're going to uh, get creative. I mean, who knows? from the infamous meme, why not both? Exactly. It ain't my money. It ain't my money. That's that's for damn uh, sure. But I will say, kind of getting back, circling back to to Blake Snell and that. It's worse when you have a mic now. (laughs) I kind of feel bad, actually. Yeah, if you look at at Blake Snell, I think the interesting thing is he's got one of the biggest pros and one of the biggest cons. And what I mean by that is, if you look at his pro, I mean, this is someone that sits 95 and 96. When you're lefty, you sit at 95 and 96. The way he can dominate hitters, the way he can absolutely shove out there, he's enticing, especially because you thought maybe next year you have a couple lefties in, Julio Urias and Clayton Kershaw. Both are, one's for sure gone. The other one could be gone, right? So you need a left-handed pitcher. And look, the reality is the biggest con for him, though, 5.3 innings per start in 2022. That ranked 81st in Major League Baseball among those with at least 15 starts. Feels very dodgery to me. They don't, let, they don't let him pitch deep. He doesn't that, pitch well. <laughs> yeah, I would you say know. that's dodgery, but I think the walk rate is what I'm looking at. To me, uh, I just don't think I can feel comfortable giving someone $200 million Get him with in Mark Pryor's pitching lab. We got this. You kind of are what you are at 30. I mean, 11% career walk rate. This year's walk rate, as great of years he's having, his walk rate is actually higher this year than it has been throughout his career. A 13.7% walk rate. That's in the fourth percentile. Other than that, though, he's really, really good. He's a guy, high strikeout guy. We've seen him shove on the biggest stage. I think Austin Barnes, if their teammates can give his soul back to him, because <laughs> Austin Barnes, of course, he took his soul there in Game Six of the World Series when yeah, he was pulled family after reunion. You know? Family reunion. I mean, he was pulled after just seventy-three pitches in five and a third innings. So that's for bad. me, in the words of Randy Jackson, that's a no for me, dog, on Blake Snell. I rather look elsewhere. But yeah, he's someone who I think is almost possibly doubled what he was potentially going to get because of the year that he's had. Don't worry, yeah. guys. Doug's in a link. The Padres or link the Dodgers I, I to Blake be, Snell. Oh, a whole bunch. Oh, this be I didn't say videos. I was going to do 20 yeah, videos so about it. Hit I mean, that like button. <laughs> hit that subscribe good. button. And get us to 70,000 subscribers because we're trying to give away a Mookie Betts jersey. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to jump into the comments here. A lot of people talking about Blake Snell. First of all, if this stream gets to 300 likes, Blake Snell will sign with the Dodgers. Oh. What I heard. So we're at 133 so like, right now. Oh. So, oh, well, okay. Well, then if it. Right, that's not helpful, Doug. And, and <laughs> 500 likes for Shohei and a Shuhi. Yeah. If, a Shuhi. If this, like, if this stream gets to 500 likes, Doug will do a Shuhi out of Blake Snell's cleats. Okay. So Hepatitis C later said no Snell will fall off the moment he signs that contract. Mr. Classic said Blake Snell is needed ASAP. Uh, Mr. Classic said Blake Snell always proven in the postseason. L'Oreal said Snellzilla's agent is Boris. Um, We got DJ Jimenez saying (laughs) Snell throwing to his daddy, Austin Barnes, which would be pretty funny. I like like D-Mac's son here. By the way, wait, say that one again. Snell throwing to his daddy, Austin Barnes. You know what that is? I believe that's Uh-oh. Carnitos. Shot taker of the day. Drink fresh. Drink Carnitos. 
Shout out. Your mom will love you for DJ it. DJ Jimenez for that. D Jimenez, 789 for that. Shot taker. And then also over on our Twitter slash X, I asked the same question. Make sure to follow on that platform at Dodgers, at Dodgers Nation. Nation Robot Junkyard Studios aka Jim said nope we need more starters who can pitch past the fifth inning not fewer Blake's not with that high walk rate definitely does not go deep into games um, but he has been pretty adamant saying I don't care about the walks I'm not giving up runs which yeah is all yeah, that I matters mean, it's as very a old school it's 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 about run uh limiting runs you run know? prevention it's, run not, it's not prevention. walk prevention and even though he gives up a lot of walks, he has the best ERA. Because if you league. want the dub, you have to mitigate the slug. I mean, that's what they say. That's, I mean, that's people that's have been I saying a that. A lot of people have been telling me that one. But I also like this one from uh, from Dmax Son. So, Aww. Papa, say hi to Son. He says, "Why does Snell always look tired?" Facts. His it face like he's just, like annoyed. So I'm like, his face is just built that way. Yeah. Yeah. So. Speaking of being tired. You win. We got a super chat. A super <laughs> From chat. Swell and sausage, one ninety nine. I don't even know what this one. I'll says. be honest. I don't really know what this one means. Yeah, I don't know. What Said it one is. good thing. Grisham won't disrespect twenty two again. Oh, I'm getting has to do with the Padres. Grisham. 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 Yeah, disrespecting I the Kershaw thing. Yeah, I kind of like that. That's a good. Uh, no, it makes yeah. sense. He's a grease bag. Oh, Grisham. <laughs> Grisham. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So definitely. I don't like it. Something about the Padres not just Red and Clean Kershaw I'm anymore. Go which give that one a little, oh, mini, a little double. Ornitos shot yeah, that's a great comment. As, as we all know, the Padres put up that little Clean Kershaw thing, and yeah, they haven't yeah, won yeah. since. So uh, yeah, they uh, they have beat the Dodgers once since doing the the crying Kershaw meme, and they're they're way under five hundred. <laughs> spiraled out of control. You know, one of the things I, I like that you mentioned, Doug, is um, this season. And we've seen it a few times with these Padres teams uh, in the AJ Preller era. This is why you should always ignore the Padres when they win the offseason or they win the trade deadline. And uh, that's that's just Doug preaching right there. That's why you guys should always follow at DMAC underscore LA because he only spits facts. And if they're not facts, he deletes them. But <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah. <laughs> That one was that, that one was, was for Noah. That one was, that was for Noah. Good. I love but, this soundboard. <laughs> but yeah, they're uh, they're just they don't, they don't know how to build sports ball team goodly, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and, they think it's easier than it and, is. Yeah, Preller right? Preller doesn't know how to build beyond um like you said the brand names, you know? He sleeps he sleeps. He <laughs> shops at at uh, what's a store people like? What's a store that Noel would shop at? Um like uh, fine, they yeah, shop Lululemon at Lululemon too. instead of shopping at Target. Yeah, look, I mean, that works. That, uh, that works. I mean, look, I think, yeah, I think Supreme. they like I'm reaching. They Supreme. like going down, like they like, or like they like going down Rodeo Drive, Gucci, yeah. Louis Vuitton, Chanel, there all the go. name there brands, right? But guy. it's like, look, you can. This they always say, it. they always say, you can see rich, you can this. see rich, you can't see wealth. Right, you can Fair. see rich, you can't see wealth. The Dodgers have wealth. They have a foundation. They have a farm system. They have scouting. They have everything that's a pipeline of talent. Then they use those resources. It's a chain that goes to adding players to the deadline, making sensible trades. Versus, they don't get caught up in the brand name and what that's going to do. And that's what AJ Pro likes to. He likes to collect brand names. And it's not even about the players so much. It's about how do the Dodgers get those players. It's investing in the organization. It's the scouting. It's the meals. It's the planning, the game prep, all that kind of, of crap that this team does so incredibly well. The, the everybody that's under the Andrew Friedman umbrella and, and you know, Billy Gasparino and, and uh, you even say throw Brandon Gomes in there, all that think tank that, you know, you've seen it with, in a way, 
the Giants because so many former Dodgers execs are there right now. Apparently, they're not running their pitching staff very well because our friend of the show, Ross Stripling, is upset. But um, the Dodgers do it right, and they pay uh, all of the people they need in the organization to go out and find the best talent that they're able to trade at the deadline to bring in whatever the hell they need most of the time. Obviously, this was a very weird trade deadline. They did not want to come out with just Lance Lynn, essentially, but they did. But uh, yeah, that's the big difference. 100%. Is in 15, Preller went all in on getting Matt Kemp and Craig Kimbrell and, and other names that escaped me at the moment um, and just didn't work. It just absolutely did not work. And then after that, adding Eric Hosmer because he's, you know, he's got playoff pedigree and he's also always been a pretty bad player. <laughs> But uh, Dodgers better. Yeah, no, Dodgers absolutely better. It's it's ever wealth is everlasting, right? It's like what Chris Rock said. It's like rich is like cars and rims. Wealth is like those people that own the color blue, right? It's everlasting. The Dodgers they own the color blue, right? It just does not no, stop. Do you own in. the color blue? <laughs> I mean, I got a lot of shirts that are blue. Yeah, you, I, you did a wardrobe change in the show. It's like, I'm just trying to slip into something a little more. That's a really nice t-shirt. Where you get that t-shirt? Uh, not Gucci. <laughs> this one probably blue came from like like Tilly's or something. Oh, hey, let's move on. <laughs> Finally, your, I thought that was our T-shirt. Now you change it. Nah, this is an Adidas now shirt. Now you're making it awkward. Yeah. Moving on, um, real quick, we were talking about offseason. We're talking about Blake Snell's another name we had to throw in real, real quick. Mike Trout. Apparently, the Angels are open to the idea of trading Mike Trout. Michael did slightly speak around the idea of maybe being open. He said he wouldn't, he would not entertain the question in so many words in a recent uh, scrum with reporters while he remains on the IL, a place he's been to frequently over the last five, six years, mind you for fans that do want to see Mike Trout and Dodger blue, but um, the angels are open finally for the first time. They're open to the idea of if he wants out, they'll explore a trade. Uh, I don't know how you would trade Mike Trout. I've long maintained he's the most untradeable player in sport because so much money uh, is still owed to him. How do you get enough talent back from an organization from that for that organization that just acquired him to not essentially you know mortgage their future just to get one guy to try to win now, but then they also don't have the, those other guys or whatever. Um, he he they could try to trade him. I don't think they they can move Mike Trout. And also, you know, it's Bob Nightingale. He's just kind of saying words that he heard from one guy who probably happened to be the janitor at Angel Stadium or whatever. Love Bob, but he you know, the source is a little interesting sometimes. But uh talk to me about Mike Trout. What what's your thought on this uh situation? Yeah, I, I agree with you on a lot of what you're saying. I think that when you look at his contract, you can view it as somewhat of an albatross when you consider just how much money is left on it. We're not talking about Shohei Otani who was gonna enter free agency. You're talking about arbitration type money, right? Just at the highest level. Yep. Mike Trout, you're talking about a guy who still has almost $250 million left on his contract. You're talking about a guy that has appeared in less than 60% of the Angels games since 2020. You're talking about $37 million a year for a player that could potentially not see the field half the time. So I think when you consider his talent, there's no doubt about it. Mike Trout is the war god. Mike Trout... In the annals of baseball history, he's going to be mentioned among the game's all-time greats. And, yeah, it's unfortunate for him that he plays where careers go to die in Anaheim, right, with the Angels. But the reality is that I think when you look at the years, I do think 
that there's an organization that could talk themselves into a Mike Trout. Seemingly, the Texas Rangers are a team that could say, oh, Mike Trout, love that name, trying to get over the hump in Texas. Philly, of course, we know where he's from. He's a big Eagles fan like you, right? So I think if you look at that, I've always kind of envisioned him with the Cubs for some reason. I don't know why I had a dream about that one. So I'm not really sure why I feel (laughs) that way. As far as his fit with the Dodgers, look, I don't think it makes a ton of sense because, of course, you have Mookie Betts under contract for a long time, until like the year 3000, right? 12 years, 365. (laughs) Freddie Freeman, three, five, four more years after this year. So I theoretically, I think he, of course, if he's healthy, he can help any team that he's on. But just from a money standpoint, you lose some of that flexibility. When you're the Dodgers and you can get players on one-year deals, like Jason Hayward on a minor league deal, like J.D. Martinez on a one-year deal, like a David Peralta. Those aren't Mike Trouts, but you can kind of fill in the cracks on some of these one-year deals because of who you are, because of your track record and getting players' careers back on track. So unless they felt like, okay, Mike Trout, this is the guy, I mean, that could truly make this team the best team in baseball, I don't think they're going to do it. I think you need to focus on pitching and kind of get back to the foundation of this Los Angeles Dodgers organization, and you got to get the pitching lined up first because otherwise you're going to score five, six, seven runs a game with Mike Trout. And then to me, I just don't want a player where I know – that the back end, you're already paying bad. You're already paying poorly. You're 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 feeling that cost. Mookie, yeah. I'm okay with it. You get 28, 29, 30. I'll get those prime years. I just don't think I have a lot of prime years left from from uh, Mike Trout. No, he's about to turn uh, 32, I believe. Um, and he's been hurt. He's been hurt a lot. He's proven to be hurt. This year was kind of freak with the the ham ate bone, but you have you know chronic back issues, neck issues. Uh, you know, hamstring is given on him a few times. It's just it's. It's not he's not the player he was in the past. Um, I know this guy's got something to Just add, some but comments. I, but I, uh, before we throw to more comments, I'll, I will I will bait for more comments as well because it is a question that that uh, I like that Doug posed before the show. It's like whose career would everybody would like? Who would you rather be? What career would you rather take? Mookie Betts or Mike Trout? Uh, if I'm gonna go all out right now, I'm going with Mookie Betts because that was an MVP and a two-time World Series champion. Yeah, sure. Mike's about to, you know, he's approaching 400 career home runs and all that, but 14, I think it's 14 career playoff uh, uh, plate appearances. What do we got in the chat there, Chief? Yeah, um, the biggest sentiments are one, Trout too injury prone, don't want to take on another injured player, and two, an idea that Artie Moreno wouldn't even trade him to the Dodgers because he kind of is oh, that yeah, kind of guy. I, see, I, this is where I push back on that because I think if the Dodgers overwhelmed him in that organization with a treasure trove of elite prospects, I think you could get Mike Trout. I yeah, think but Otani, now all of a sudden, again, now you're bringing, you're I'm not losing saying, so much. I'm not saying I would do it. I'm yeah. saying that I think they would consider it. I don't think they ever for a second considered trading Otani to the Dodgers. I think they realize that Mike Trout is, at this point, an injury-prone superstar yeah. that is in his waning prime. I just don't think that. To kind of get back to your question, whose career would I rather have? I agree with you 100%. I'm taking Mookie Betts because Mookie Betts, when we ha- read his highlights, when we have his highlight video, you're going to see him winning the World Series in 2018. You're going to see him throwing his hat off in the 2020 World Series winning a title. Mike Trout, you're not going to have anything. What are you going to show? A bunch of regular season highlights against the Oakland A's? Against the, I mean, just the bottom Bruh. feeder teams? I mean, look, there's no doubt about it. Mike Trout, as far as being a lead player, he's right there. But I will say, too, best MLB MVP season since 2000. You got Bonds, Bonds. Then the third highest is Mookie Betts in 2018 with 10.7. Mike Trout's best MVP season at a 10.5 war in 2016. So both elite players, Mookie calls him Mikey. 
right? I think there's a connection there. You're collecting all the Team USA Infinity Stones, right? I mean, you're trying to get some more guys on your squad. But I think right now, I'd rather see this team get younger than older. Yeah. I don't want an aging superstar. But I think I agree with you. Give me a World Series championship. Give me big postseason moments. I mean, when you're a kid and you're playing baseball, you don't think, man, I want to lead the world in war. No, you want to think of a walk-off shot in the World Series playing in the Fall Classic. So I want for the betterment of baseball, I want to see him on a team that is competing at any level. This sport has been robbed. I think the best player of their generation not have any postseason success. Imagine having Giannis Antetokounmpo. Imagine having Patrick Mahomes. Imagine if Michael Jordan played on the Clippers, right? That well, is what Mike Trout is. Victor Bonio says Trout is like Anthony Davis. Yeah, because all that injury time. Anthony Davis has a Trinity Trooper. Yeah, I mean, look, I kind of, I I, 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 I enjoyed the, the, you know, they're gonna retire street clothes. I hear. Yeah, I, got, I think I there's, there is true to that in that look. Anthony Davis on his best day when he's not injured. No, agree to this. He doesn't take a backseat to anyone. He's right yeah. in the mix for best players. Top but I don't think that Anthony Davis, as great as Anthony Davis was, he never came close to reaching the heights of Mike Trout on his I best agree. day. Mike Trout is that Listen, good. He was a face of baseball for face, he's a the few big years. fish. I mean, yeah. Speaking of big fish, also for more topics like that, head over to Lakers two four eight. Hit that subscribe button. We'll be having some good conversation about Anthony Davis podcast. But B Guzman said Trout too fishy for me. I like solid. that one. Um, but then we had a couple people talking. Uh, Gotti Ordonez and Hepatitis see you later was saying that Mike Trout kind of just feels like he fits with the Padres, like they're going to mm. make some stupid Ugh. move to trade he would, their quote-unquote farm, even though they have some good pieces now, to just add Mike Trout, I, another aging yeah, superstar. he's getting traded, it's going East Coast. I yeah, I mean, he feels like he's going to Philly. I mean, yeah. it just, it feel, I mean, he's always wanted to play for Philly, I feel like. I mean, he didn't choose you to because he signed. You would be seeing him in a Mets uniform. That, that would, would be feel pretty gross. Yeah. He, he feels like a Philly. I don't think his yeah. personality would really fit does. well in New York, right? I him. think. The him. problem is the reason that he stayed in the first place is like him and his wife were happy, you know. In, in well, also $426 million. million reasons to love being in Anaheim. 426 and a half, actually. And a half, sorry. But also, like, the Phillies would have given him that. I mean, people would have given him that anyway. But, like, yeah. the thing is, he, I think that they were happy in L.A. I don't know, I don't know so. if the Phillies have that kind of money anymore, well, to be honest. They got a lot to Trey Turner, so. Middleton's a crazy owner. Yeah, true. What else you got? That's a true point. Um, oh, I had one here. I very much love from D Max father in the stream. Papa D Max says, "If Mookie is in danger, I am there. If Mookie is sick, I am there. If Mookie is sad, I will be there to give him a hug. I am Mookie all the way." I mean, that's facts. I, that's, I chip really off the old block. Here. Yeah. Shot taker of the day. Question yeah, that's mark. our third one. We that's got a lot of shots. We can't even drive home now. We got a Thank yes. you guys. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. That's really good. Um, over on Twitter slash X, follow at Dodgers Nation. X. Jesse Diaz said, why? Maybe if the Angels eat half his contract, why? he's still talented. Why? But clearly his best years are behind him. Um, I don't know about his best years totally being behind him. I mean, when he's playing, he's still one of the best players in baseball. He made the all-star team this year, um, which, I mean, it's not saying much because he got voted, but also he had a great year. But, you know, you can't stay healthy. That's a big problem. Speaking of staying healthy. Doug, damn. You win. He's doing a white boy You snap. Win. Saki Bomb, $10. Oh. Thank you very much for the super chat. Said, I do feel like the injuries can also be how the Angels took care of him. Look at Otani and look at what happened when we got Albert. Never hit the IL. That is interesting. I mean, he did break his handmate bone, so I don't yeah, think. Yeah, that was, again, I mean, that kind one, of a freak injury. Yeah, that one was kind of a fluke, but I mean, it's true. I mean, Albert, you know, Albert came to LA, stayed healthy. Otani's getting hurt. So it could be a little bit of how, you know, how they're taking care. I mean, there's definitely something to that, Saki Bomb. Yeah, I mean, the grade two strain on his calf. I mean, there's been knick-knack injuries, and those start to pile up. Yeah, I mean, for me, 
I want to see Mike Trout on a contender. I just don't want the Dodgers to lose a lot of their flexibility. You add a third massive contract like that for someone that is probably post-prime. I don't think the Dodgers would consider it for a second unless, as someone mentioned, Anaheim foot the bill a lot in a big way, and they're not going to do that. Yeah, so. Artie's not eating money for no reason. He's, no he's already, already shedding money everywhere he can yeah. right now. He's not going to eat more. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Learn more all about that at Halos Halos today. Buttons up today's show, gang. Um, go Dodgers. Screw them Padres or sweep the leg or whatever it was supposed to be. We'll see you on Thursday. Find us on the internet at DodgersNation.com. Subscribe to Blue Heaven Podcasts, uh, which is a podcast. Just search Blue Heaven Podcasts and all your podcast spots and we'll pop up. Subscribe. Leave a review if you can. Leave a 19 uh, million star uh, rating if you are able to on your preferred app. It really helps us feel good in, in our, our warm um, subcockle region. And again, do subscribe to the YouTube channel it's the best way to keep up with your los angeles dodgers and doug mccain of course that's a uh, youtube.com slash dodgers nation tv hit the bell leave a like leave a comment on all of our videos when we get to 70k which hopefully the things go well could be very very soon uh we are giving away a mookie bets jersey live it will be live we'll pick the winner live here on air and uh, we'll announce it we'll say your name and it will be a human name and you guys can excited about it i'm real frg on twitter and instagram that is dmac underscore la on twitter and instagram that is at noah cameras on the twitter or the x as he likes to call it because he's a, a corporate shill Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Bring them home. 